This is Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. Stanford, 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. This is Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Radio Atenea Americana. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Juves. Isabel Juves. Bienvenidos. Atenea Americana. Welcome. Bienvenidos. From Stanford to the world. data that you are used to train the program. So for example, you have uh, 
collection of pictures. There's one a famous collection in Stanford that has to be modified because of that about faces. Exactly what you were saying. Uh, for example, there are not enough uh, African American faces in the collection, so they cannot learn as well as for white people. This is one example. But there, there are so many, not only in, in face recognition, but also, for example, in, in banking, in, in justice, in justice. There are very interesting problems like uh, to learn to to be racist, even using just the age of the person. So even if you have a collection of cases that you don't use any information on the person except the age, because the machine learning model, which is the software that, that is used for these things, uh, learns to be racist. Now, something interesting is that even though it's racist, there's one quality that is human that uh, software doesn't have, is noise. So, so uh, humans have noise. So, for example, if you take a judge, there are studies that show that if your case is before lunch, the result will be worse than this is after lunch. So, 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 depends if the person slept well or not, if uh, maybe was happy or not. The programs are not like that. They always do the same. They see the same case, they do the same. Uh, uh, it, it means that in terms of your training, if they are running data set and algorithm, they will be from some racist, but consistently racist. Exactly. So in some sense, they will be biased, but in some sense, they will be just also, because they will apply the same bias to all people. Today, uh, humans are biased, but also they don't apply the bias systematically in the same way. Depends on other factors that are very hard to, to control. Yeah, I, 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 this is, initially, it sounds like a, like a technological challenge. Yeah, for example, um, there have been famous cases of discrimination in, in, in loans, for example. There was a case in Georgia where a person went up to the Supreme Court and won the case because basically he was discriminated uh, because of being poor. And they say that poor is not a reasonable condition to discriminate about if you will return a loan or not. Uh, the same with African-Americans. I mean, if you just because of the data... If you're an African-American, you typically have less money than other people. The systems will learn that maybe this, you are not a good candidate for a loan. And, and there are many, many different cases like this. And, 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 and the problem, again, I say, it's not the software. It's really the data that is used to change. Yeah, and, and not always is bad. I mean, we, we associate bias to something bad, but for example, uh, if we're here, we, we have to look uh, if a car is coming to, to the left. But in all London, if you do it that way, you may be killed. So, so you learn to do things that are, are, have to be that way because otherwise you don't survive. But in other places, it's different. another famous case in Amazon, they, they did a system to, to basically to hire people, and, and then of course women were discriminated. Yeah, because most of the people that they were hired before were men. 
So, so at the end, they, they stopped using the system because they said it was not fair. Just an example of how, depending on the training data, you can learn the wrong things. And this is the problem. I mean, most of the problems are, are about training data, but not always. So sometimes people do silly things, and the system also adds more bias. I mean, one important thing in, in, in this system is that you can amplify bias. So you have bias in the data, but then the system amplifies the bias. I make it, like in the example of the judges, I mentioned the system was a bit more racist than the judges. It was even more racist. But it didn't have noise, which is a, a good thing that you, you want to, to have, too, that people don't have. Uh, but, for example, let me tell you an, an example of a more sophisticated example where the system cannot buy it. Uh, let's say you have um, a system like Flickr, where you can put labels to pictures. And then you can learn what is an image from the labels. Then one thing that you can do is to do a recommendation system, like in Amazon, that recommend other products to buy, to label new images. So you put a photo of a cat, and the system right away suggests cat, and it's right. And then you can suggest other things. Maybe you can use other similar uh, labels, or maybe you can use uh, what is called deep learning today, and you already can recognize what is in the picture. But what happened is that if people start using this system, they never write a new label. And the only way the system to learn is with new labels. So basically it's like a very uh, slow harakiri where the system is killing itself because it's not letting people to add more information. So sometimes if you want, it's called a folksonomy, basically taxonomy coming from people, you need to live with lazy people. Okay, they will not put too many labels, but they w you will not help them because otherwise you never learn new data. And this is an example like, like, yeah, and, but, but many people, many, many people in computer science say, okay, ah, this is great. I will help people recommending labels. In this case, you say, no, no, you don't want to do that. I mean, you are, you are basically stopping the learning. It's like you have a kid and you never tell the kid any, anything else. Nothing. It's like an extreme example of what I call algorithmic bias. So the bias comes from the algorithm, from the system, not from the data. But in most cases, sadly, it's the data because the data is human, and humans, as you said, have bias.
were based on something that we would, and we assumed that Google or any other engine for search is suggesting the right thing, and we're assuming that in the first page we are having the distribution of the answer of that. Can you tell us more about Yeah, that? so... Because, sorry, just for, for giving it a little bit more context, Ricardo uh, actually ran some years ago as a VP of the Yahoo Research Labs and, and was part of the core of his career. Yeah, so in search, there are many biases that come from the from the, the web data. So the, the data in the web has many many biases. Let me let me mention some. There are so many that we just will never stop. But for example, uh, language bias. So for example, most of the good content is in English, in spite that uh, not the majority of people speak English. So for example, if you have a page in English that page will have a better ranking than the page in another language. Just the English is dominant language. That's the first thing. Um, second, you, you find gender bias in, in data too. For example, in Wikipedia, there are more biographies of men than women. And it's not only because of history of gender bias, which comes from a long time. It's also because maybe people don't know the majority of editors in Wikipedia are men. And this bias is worse than the system bias. So for example, in biographies, about, I would say, 15% are women. So if you have less women writing, obviously you have less representation. It's another case. Uh, even you have a economical bias. Like, for example, countries that are more developed have better data on the web on their language, and they have better links because many links are related to uh, economic transactions. And also you have like a, a better representation in the web. So it's very hard to say that in the top 10 that you get, these are the best top 10, especially if there are 1 million that could be there. It's like uh, choosing almost arbitrarily from the 1 million that are almost as good, choosing 10, it's very hard. And you have like a kind of reinforcement because the main signal today for search engines are clicks. And people only can click in the first places because they don't look more, more. They don't never go to the second page, and they will never go to the tenth page. So basically, you get a, a click bias that, that search engines have to de-bias. Otherwise, they will fool themselves. They will yeah, think exactly. this is the best because all people click in the first. But yeah, but you put it in the first. So this uh, is called ranking bias. Yeah, you know what? It, 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 it reminds me of a Yeah, this is popularity bias. This is very well known. So things are popular, get more popular. So they get rich, get richer, and the poor get poorer. And this is something very human because that doesn't happen only in, on the web. happens everywhere, right? <laughs> Let's talk because this is, of course, this is an interesting topic. It's been hours, a day, talking about different examples and cases. 
That's a very good question because there are so many risks, it's very hard to choose one. But I will say that if we go to search in the web, my, my, the main risk for me is the, the amplification of the bias. And let me give you an example that is more subtle, which shows how, why it's so difficult to, to manage this. Let's say you are writing a, a, a blog entry. You have a blog and you're writing a new entry for a topic. Of course, the first thing you do is to search. You search for the last news on the topic and some articles, and then you take the best ones that look uh, interesting, uh, do a mashup, right? <laughs> write something of your own, and then you put your name. The procedure like that. You take some, some from other people, a little from you, and then ego comes, you put your name, and, <laughs> and you publish it, right? So what is the problem with this content? This, this basically, this content is replicating what the search engine thinks is good. So it's not only that it's the order matters, it's also the evaluation of the content that matters. And basically then the system is finding later your page and gets reinforced that this thing is good because it's the same quality of other things that he thinks is good. So you get the reinforcement of the ranking function, which is very hard to, to avoid. So I don't think search engines are really working on this. Like, like what is... The way to handle that is very hard. So basically, you need to trace uh, the ancestors of every page, saying, "Okay, this page is basically comes from other pages. I shouldn't count it." But when you have 100 billion pages, just doing that is very hard. Like having uh, the, the genealogy, genealogy of all people. It's the same process. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and do you have any idea about who should be working on this? Because I know that the scientific community is working on this. I know that the big tech companies are working on this with different interests. But who else? Should, for instance, the government be involved in this, regulating this? Uh, I think uh, the governments are... are are one, for example, like Iceland did algo, something like very specific. For example, women have to be paid the same as men by law, and then you, you don't have gender bias in salaries. That gives already more opportunity, to, for example, to women that before they didn't have. So there are many policies that, that maybe are harsh, but, for example, if you have gender parity in government, like some countries do that, and ministries, half women, half men. I believe that even if all are women, maybe the government will be better, more like New Zealand or Finland. <laughs> but but we need these uh, these things that are like uh, affirmative action, as well. Like like maybe small signals. And, and here I have an interesting story from my 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 native country, Chile. So so in my alma mater in the engineering school, they decided that five percent of the last uh, positions will be only for women. So 95% were according to 
an exam like SAT, and then the last 5% only for women. And th that means, according to the population of students, that every year they will have like 1% more of women. And they started at 20%. So after five years, they expected to have 25% more women. And then they did study, okay, what is the percentage? And also, are we discriminating a lot? And then they found out that the difference between men and women was just one more correct question in mathematics, which really is not discrimination because the statistical is not significant. So basically, when you are in the tail of the distribution, people is almost the same. So basically, there was no real discrimination. But the most amazing thing is that they didn't have 25%. They had 32%. And for the explanation, well, if, if you see that more women will come, and if you see that you have the perception that will be easier because this 5%, what happens is that more women apply, and, the, and because they are good, they are in the 95% that come from the exam. So these are the things that are interesting. That, so you need to do small changes, and the perception will do the rest. Yeah, because they come from the same, typically there are two, three, or four main sources of news, like Associated Press, Reuters, uh, Bloomberg, and then people just expand a little bit. No one does the, their independent, uh, unless you are local news. So for international news, all the news will come from the main sources. And taken out of context, too.
So this is what is called misinformation, and there are like seven levels of misinformation according to some taxonomies that that come from like their case, like a, a true story that has been modified to to basically uh, confirm your own uh, thinking, to basically to fake news, where you have completely fake stories to manipulate people and. And something that I heard uh, last year here, very interesting from Harari, a famous historian that was in Stanford in, in, in an interview, he said, the easiest people to, to manipulate is the people that think that cannot be manipulated. And, I, and that like, <laughs> opened a light to me. I think this is very true. There's some bi yeah. bias there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I just wanted to close the, the bias topic mm -hmm. by asking you a question because I, while listening to you both and, and you were talking about the news and we were talking about the, the radio and all the, the bias around loans, and uh, <clears throat> it is fair to say that the best way to fix bias artificial intelligence or, or, or algorithm is just start fixing bias in human race? Sure. Yes, yes. The, uh, the, uh, basically, if we, if we don't change people, bias will don't go away. So we need to, to do things like uh, Me Too for gender bias or, or example like uh, affirmative actions. So this is the only way is we need to change how people think. And, and that means more education, for example. Uh, means more opportunities. So, like you said, richer people will be asked easier to have more money. So you need to work more on opportunities. How do you... Because basically the people that, that... And the same happened with items or whatever. Basically, if you don't have the opportunity, you may never be known. So how many great, for example, singers are in the world that will never have the opportunity to become one? And we have so many examples of that in the long tail of, uh, say, 7 billion people that don't have the same opportunities of the other 1 billion. And I think I'm exaggerating because it's less than a billion that the ones that have opportunities. So, but if we have this ratio, like 7 will never have the opportunity and only one will have, and we don't change that, we will, we will just increase inequality. And you know we are increasing wealth inequality uh, every minute. Uh, this is the yeah, case today. Well, I usually don't talk about this. <laughs> I'm a kind of, I'm kind of reserved. Uh, but I come from 
I guess, a middle class family uh, in Chile, but but um, was not so easy for my mother because my father left when I was four, and she never had any help. So she had to to basically to work right away, and 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 even one year we live like a, as a all together, including my mother as a interns in, in a in a boarding school because my mother didn't have enough money to have a house. So, so I guess these things uh, help you to learn the value of things. And and I think in my case, I had two people that really made the difference on, on what I'm, I'm, I'm today. But I don't think they, they saw that when they were doing. One was my, my grandfather, maternal grandfather, that he had some kind of depression, I think, and, and couldn't work. But I was the first grandson. So he taught me how to read and write when I was like three years old. Did that make a complete difference? And he used the Larousse. You know, remember this Larousse, oh, yeah. the red one, <laughs> to, to that, for that? And I guess I like the second part, which is about geography and history, better than the other one. And then, then I love geography. I love to travel. I love maps. This is my, my passion, my hobby is geography. And then um, I was in a very small English school that was not too expensive, so my mother can afford it. And uh, the owner died maybe just before I entered the school. He was a British a prof teacher. And his wife, instead of going back to England, decided to take over the school. And she was not properly a teacher, but she said, I want to teach something. And she had the great idea of having a, a, a new course that was called General Knowledge. And this was my favorite class because every week was a different topic. Like uh, archaeology, uh, mythology, like the university. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> so that was fascinating, and it was in English. You had to, to, and then you learn English at the same time. So, so that was uh, very interesting. So, this I think these two people opened my mind to to knowledge, and then I just uh, kept studying. I did well at the university. Uh, I was uh, lucky that I got a scholarship to do a PhD in Canada. Well, I guess not completely lucky. I had good grades and, <laughs> and a minimal TOEFL to, to show that I knew some English. And then I always have done the best I could. And I think uh, when, when I talk to students, um, I never had a plan. And I think that helps. Because having plans limits you. So you, if you put a plan, you, you maybe you go, you go very well, but you don't do beyond that. And sometimes you have much more potential. Like, and the best example for me is like, is Obama in the sense that Obama never thought. I cannot. I can't believe that if he was. He thought about being president when he was a kid. He was a, a, from an African father, Muslim African father, single mother, uh, African American in Hawaii. Impossible. At some point he saw the opportunity and took it, but he never planned. He just did the best he could every time. So I think. You just have to take the best opportunity every time. Because at the end, life is uh, what we call in algorithms an online algorithm. Every time you decide what to do. Sometimes you have to be more free. So don't think about the future. Let the future find you. Roro, how many are African-American? Only one. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. How many are African parents? <laughs> so you have... Thing, uh, about being lucky or not, uh, do, do, do you think that 
terms of Uh, this is this is a hard topic because if you talk to a neurologist uh, and there, there there's research that shows that they can predict what you will do before you do it. So all these things about uh, how you call free will uh, they are very uh, arguable. So there exists free will or not, or maybe we already have everything predicted to 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 react in some way, like a machine learning algorithm that we have been trained when I was a, we were a kid. And in the same uh, in the same situation, you will react the same way. So I don't know if free will exist or not, because then we need to argue with a, a brain a brain scientist. But what I will say is that, um, in some sense, if I have to believe in something, sometimes I believe in Murphy, and that's why plants are are, are the problem. Because if you plan plan, Murphy's listening. Even <laughs> if you think about it and say, okay. Uh, this doesn't depend on you, I can act on you. So if you don't have any plan, there's nothing that say, okay, how I can make the life of this person more miserable? But that's a no, because I, you are not thinking anything. So this is the the, 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 the idea, and, and sometimes it's true, like, like, if you are more, like, unpredictable, that's what I would say, I think you will do better in life. So you have to try to be unpredictable. Yeah, more flexible, no, but even, even surprise yourself. Most of the time I do this, but let's do something different. So you have to you have to fight your own biases. I think the first way to start with fixing the bias problem is to do some uh, self uh, criticism and say, what are my biases? Should, we should have an app. I, I, in Spanish, I call it the Pepito Grillo. The Pepito Grillo that will tell you, for example, be careful. Uh, Little cricket, I think. There's Johnny the cricket. John, Johnny the cricket. They will tell you they are trying to manipulate you. Be careful, like that. Or they will say you, what you are saying is is gender bias. Uh, try to fix it. So something that to help you to be like a like a free observer that is independent of you and is not biased because the problem is that you don't see it. I mean, I see people like when you say you said a man, you could say a person too. So we choose the words because these are the ones that we have always used. But sometimes the language is really biased in, in some ways, and, 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 and we need to to exercise every day. Neurolinguistic programming, yes. For example, don't start a, a sentence saying no. You have to learn that. And some people say no, even if it's yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. Yeah, in Spanish, the double negation is a problem. expecting that you're not planning that so you don't you are not expecting anything that's another thing don't have expectations that's very hard for some people don't have expectations because expectations are plans too so you say for example i didn't have any expectation about here 
about this interview. So it's much better than I expected because I didn't have any. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you have to train that. And, and this is the difference, that some people need to have expected. Some people need to have plans. Then for that kind of people, and, and I know many people that have done, I have to have a plan, then I, my recommendation is have, have a crazy plan. Plan like something that is impossible to achieve. And if you do 10%, you will be amazing. Like, uh, let's say, Daniel will say, okay, I will be the next president of Argentina. Yeah? And then he will be only minister. Minister, but will be a great minister. <laughs> no, no, that, that was a joke, no. not an expectation. To an, to an algorithm, algorithm. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's this interesting because some, many biases come from generalization, from different stereotypes. So, so I agree partially with you in the sense that yes, uh, for example, most Chinese uh, eat rice, but when you generalize that, that's when the problem is created. Because, for example, 
let's say, in the case of the loan, if we say in history, African-Americans had trouble uh, returning loans, uh, I'm a discriminated person that is not in that position because it has, a, for example, a great job and good salary and an uh, amazing uh, CV, but then you put it in a different group. Uh, and this is the problem. I think all the exceptions are the problem, how we handle the different cases. And that is why I think it's important to uh, to basically uh, don't use these characteristics to resolve the problem. So like, okay, this is people, these are the parameters. I don't need to see your race, your gender, your age. Uh, because sometimes even say, oh, he's too old, he will die first. He's not will not from the loan in some countries like that. For example, now in, in, in Japan, uh, even the loans are given, but your sons have to pay if you die. So they're like, they're family loans, not only, not only a person. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you didn't give me money, you give me debt. <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, but these are the things. I think, I think we need to, to try to don't work on these stereotypes and, and basically uh, don't generalize because otherwise we will miss all these exceptions of people that really may be bright but they never have the opportunity to, to become that, that person. I think many times we, we don't work on, on our strengths. So, for example, I think the one thing that maybe we should do more is like before entering school, someone sees the strengths of people and then you get a personalized education based on your strengths. For example, this person could be a great uh, dancer. Okay, let's start early, but today the great dancers are the ones that maybe their parents thought that they could be a great dancer. And I'm sure maybe great dancers that are very, very good because they were trained all their life but they could have been a much better musician, but they never learned that. They never knew that. And this is the problem today that we don't, um, also in, com in, in, in computer systems happens, we don't explore enough our world. We don't know enough our world. Exploring will be, let me check if you like that, a different type of music, not only the one that you listen and, and I recommend the same type of music, because I know you like it. But let's say I do some serendipity and I show you something completely different from what you like and you love it and you be, and this becomes a now your favorite music because you never knew before like yeah and and that I think doesn't happen too often and we need to work more on that on, on surprising people on, on taking people out there out, out of their bubbles uh, they basically looking from outside the box but talking about that I said, uh, your kids I think both are important because they are the things that you are good at, but that's not enough. Also, you need to like it. And, and, and some people may be very good at drawing, but they don't like to draw. So, so I think that you need to have a, like, a good combination of both. At some point, it's like I didn't study geography, which is my passion, because someone said that I will be having um, economical problems because it's very hard to get a job, the jobs will not be good. And then you have to consider that. So... 
luckily I found com a computer science because I didn't know a computer before I went to university and found another passion. But I, maybe I was lucky that I, 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 I was able to, to learn programming and, and, and use a computer. But imagine I had never done that. Maybe I will never find that. There is a bias. You say Google instead of search. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what? Uh, what? What was your, your, I'm talking about the machine learning, what was your learning from that experience? Being exposed publicly at that age, like a little genius? Well, I was, I was not that little. I was 17. Well, I was a teenager. I was very shy at that time, so... I think my learning was like, oh, I, I went through and, and, and <laughs> because I, I was not my idea, it was someone else's idea, and I said, oh, let's try it, and I never thought that would be uh, so successful. I didn't win. I was third, but because the program was, uh, was a collusion in the program, and the winner was already known by the judge, and that was a famous case later, but I don't know, I don't think they will find too much in the web about that. <laughs> but I will find more about the collusion case between the, the jury and, and, and the winners. So basically, they ended the program when they found that they, every every time they were sharing the the, the prize. <laughs> so, but I think um, I guess my real learning was and I don't know why I did it because I was uh, when I was at university I, I I was married and having a kid so so I, I was a father too early. Uh, I found that I like computers, but I was doing electrical engineering, and I said that well. I should finish electrical engineering, so I started to do two careers at the same time. So I had this thing that I had to work to, at the university, like a TA, to, to maintain my, partly my family. Uh, I was also doing do two degrees, and I even took some physics course just to find my limits. I think that's where you, you start learning your potential. I think this is something like learn your biases, also learn your potential, how far you can get. And for example, my limit was I, I was able to take 13 courses in a term and, and, and pass all of them. That was the limit I found. Then. And, and, and I, try, I didn't try to push it because it was not necessary. But this was my limit when I said, okay, all, all the courses of two degrees plus three others that I, uh, were interesting. So this is the, the limit. And, and did you find any, <coughs> beyond that personal reward, about that limit? So I never told this uh, in public uh, before. So you're forcing me to tell things that I, I, I usually don't tell. So I would say that you learn, the first thing you learn not to plan, not to worry, because if you start thinking what you have to do next week, you will say it's, it's impossible. You will, I will not do it. I had, for example, typically have a class collisions. They will allow me. And at the beginning they say, we will try. If you do well, we will allow more. And at the end, they just look at me and say, okay, give me whatever you want, and I will sign it. So they, <laughs> they don't even check. So, so first you need to you, you learn to, 
not to worry about the future. You just do whatever you have to do now. It's the most urgent thing. So you, and, and then also you, you learn how to do multitasking because you have to do many things at the same time. I think that has been very helpful for my work to have like involved in 20 things and you can handle that. I had much better memory than now. And I think memory was one of my potentials. Like I, I could memorize a lot of things. They didn't need an agenda. I would know almost all the time, although I have some cases where I forgot, like I forgot an exam. <laughs> uh, but I was a reasonably good student, but I did more, more uh, work than most people. And, and I think that, that helps. Um, but of course, I think you did, I didn't learn about the, the family work balance there. I'm still learning that. <laughs> and that will be another topic. <laughs> No, like uh, maybe forty-five percent. Ah, okay. Otherwise, you are. Otherwise, you are not. Otherwise, you are not the resident. It's difficult to play tennis and do something else at the same time. That's, uh, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. No, but time is, yeah. <laughs> time is uh, one of the few things that you can do on. Because many of other things are, are like have factors that you cannot control. But time is something that you own. So you have to use the best, the best use of time because it's something that you own. It's, it's like the money you own, the real money, is time. And that means life, like how much time you, li- you live. Okay. Thank you so much. For me, just to have this opportunity to talk uh, with you, but especially just to share with more people some things that I enjoy as a friend and, and I, I really admire. Well, thank you, Daniel, for the invitation, and, and thank you, Isabel, and everything was chevere. <laughs> uh, next time we should do it with some arepas.
an organization that helps mobilize individuals for volunteering and educational opportunities designed to advance international development efforts and promote cross-cultural understanding. Participants have the choice of one week to six months immersion placement in Latin America or Asia or two-week expeditions to learn about international development issues. For more information, visit ubelong.org. That's U-B-E-L-O-N-G dot O-R-G. Founded by Brad Pitt, in 2007, Make It Right started as a cataclysm for rebuilding New Orleans' Lower Ninth Ward, a neighborhood devastated by Hurricane Katrina. Today, Make It Right builds healthy homes, other kinds of buildings, and communities for people in need nationwide. From Newark, New Jersey, to Montana's Fort Peck Indian Reservation, all Make It Right projects comply with the highest standards of green buildings. If you'd like to donate, visit makeitright.org. Worldwide Orphan Foundation seeks to transform the life of orphaned children and help them become healthy, independent, productive members of their communities and the world. Programs differ according to a country's specific needs, but often include certain centrally located community-based healthcare services, education for orphans and caregivers, or enrichment activities such as participation in sports or day camps. To learn more, volunteer, or make a donation, visit www.org. Foundation is a nonprofit organization that aims to build, launch, and operate the first privately founded deep space mission, a space telescope to be placed in orbit around the sun. The telescope will be used to map our inner solar system to better track the trajectories of Earth-crossing asteroids. The goal is to reduce the risk of a catastrophic collision. If you'd like to learn more or contribute to this effort, visit them at b612foundation.org. This was Atenea Americana. Atenea, Atenea Americana. Americana. Stanford, 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. This is Radio 
Atenea Americana. Bilingual House of Culture. On the air and online. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Vuelve pronto. Atenea Americana. From Stanford to the world. Remember to come back soon. Ciao. See you later.